I believe it was Cliff Richards who, in his musical tribute to audio entertainment Wired for Sound, said, Walking around with a head full of music, cassette in my pocket, and I'm going to use it. Stereo. Out on the street, you know. I'm certain that if the great man were alive today, he'd have similar feelings about crass. Imagine, if you will, the ghost of Cliff soaring over the streets of a post-Brexit Britain, much like he does in that shit music video. He looks down upon a hedonistic banquet attended by the assembled enemies of crass. At the enormous ivory table, Jim Davidson looks desperately at the faces surrounding him, every single one of them white as snow. Feeling no sense of purpose, he weeps into his gazpacho. Next to him, that straight couple who got a civil partnership are telling conspiracy theorists stroke bigots 32 about their idea for a pride parade for really nice people. Next to them, Piers Morgan has shed his skin for the occasion and his true viscous form is being held in the hollowed-out torso of Kilroy. Next, a seat meant for Guardian journalist Gavin Hayes is occupied by Rod Syringe, who snuck into the party by hiding inside Noel Edmonds' beard. The door to the kitchens bursts open, and a terrified Jonathan Pye, wearing a waiter's uniform, falls to the ground. He cowers as Gordon Ramsay follows him through, brandishing a slice of shitty meat. It's medium well, you unfunny fucker! Back at the table, Ant, of Ant and Deck, is definitely not drinking too much. Jamie Theakston is also there. The head of the table is occupied by the greatest crass baddie of all, a Mersey Plonker, whom they call Ganon. The podcast rip-off monster looks unusually grim today, and it does not go unnoticed by his advisor, Lindhurst. He leans over to his master. My lord, why do you frown? Our greatest enemies have disappeared, it seems, for good. Ganon shakes his head gravely. Because, Rodney, I've got nowhere to steal all my brilliant ideas from. I may have loathed the class podcast, but I cannot deny that I took all my best ideas from it. Rodney nods. (laughs) Rodney nods. Gannon grabs him desperately by the collar. You've got two GCEs. Think of some ideas for me. Just Just then, the enormous doors of the Great Hall explode. And from a blinding white light, step two saintly figures. As Gannon's scowl turns to a gleeful grin, Lindhurst utters a single word, sarcastically, under his breath. Cosmic. The Crass Boys return. Welcome to season three, episode one of Crass. I'm George Walsh. Sorry, I interrupted it. (laughs) A blinding start this straight away. I'm George Walsh. And I'm Paul Austin. Hello, Crastronauts. We're back. Yep. As always, George. (laughs) um, (laughs) I'd like to start start by uh, asking you a question. Ladies and gentlemen, Mm -hmm. it's the triumphant return of Paul's Question Time. Paul's question time. Paul's que- 
question time! George. Yes, Paul's question time. Have you ever met a test tube baby? Not to my knowledge, no. I would love to know. I'd love to meet one. I'd love to ask them what it's like to be a test tube baby. All the hardships. Do you think we could, do you think we could get Louise Brown on the podcast? <laughs> I don't know who that is. She was the first the test first. tube baby. Louise, you've if you're not listening. even done your basic research no, for Paul's question time. So you've had eight months. Why haven't you thought things through? You've just don't I know nothing about this. I'll ask George. That every time. Well, yeah, that's the whole ethos of the show. I'll ask George. <laughs> not to my knowledge, anyway. I've not met one. But what what hardships do you imagine test tube babies have faced? Well. Well, this is exa- this is exactly why I want to meet one, so I can ask them. <laughs> like, there's got to be something, surely. I'm not, I'm not been. Do you know? What? Actually, I don't want to meet one, George. It sounds they're probably really boring. They probably can't shut up about being a test tube baby. Oh, did you know I was a test tube baby? <laughs> yes, we know. Fuck off. That's the one character flaw <laughs> that all test tube babies have when they grow up. They don't shut up about. <laughs> Born in a test tube, really. <laughs> like yeah. We're not born in one, that doesn't work. Louise, don't. Louise, don't write in. I'm not interested. No. You know, do something no. else for your life. You know, you can't <laughs> rest on being a test tube baby forever. <laughs> I'm not having a go. I'm not having a go. <laughs> no, of course not. So, anyway, what have you what have you been up to, George? Um, this and that, really. I've uh, I've been at the Royal Exchange Theatre yeah. quite a bit. Um, which I think you're sick of hearing about in yeah. real life. So uh, the framework of a podcast only gives you license to really vent your frustrations about it. So I'm not going to go on too yes. much. But yeah, I've been um, a young director there and have assisted yeah. on and directed a few projects. Nice one. I've I've got a bit of good news as well. Go on. I've been working on an invention. Oh, have you? It's going to revolutionise... I don't know what it's going to revolutionise, but it's going to revolutionise something. I've been working on it for a little bit, and I want to sort of eventually take it on to Dragon's Den. Yeah. You know, show the dragons it, get a bit of cash, a bit of the old reddish to sort of go towards making it a big success. What it is, it's called Crisp Chess. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, the clue's in the title. It sort of does what it says on the tin. It's a chess, but it's crisp-based. So it's like a normal chess board... That's classic. I'm sticking with that. The old black and white checks. Yeah. You know. But instead of your normal pieces, you just buy the board, basically, and then you buy, like, packets <laughs> of crisps to be the the pieces. Skips, obviously. Pawns. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and to be honest, that's all I've got so far. <laughs> but I'm working on it, George. I'm working on it. I'm hoping by the end of the series... Yeah. I'll have I'll have got I've got the rules of crisp chess down pat, and I'll be yeah. able to tell you what all the pieces will be. Well, I mean, I'm I'm guessing the rules of crisp chess are just the same as chess. It's just oh, yeah. the different crisps standing for different pieces. Am I right there? Or? Yeah, and then when you take them, you could like eat them. It's great. Mm. But ah, but if know- um, what if? Here's a question for you. What okay. if someone gets? You take my queen. Okay. But I then get a... And you've eaten it. But yeah. then I get a a skip across to the other side and choose to promote it to a queen again. Is, can you do that? What happens chess? then? 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know the rules of chess. Yeah, pawn... Well, yeah, pawn promotion. You can promote it to a queen or a knight. Well, I'm going to have to think about a this. A bishop, but... Oh, you've complicated things a bit now. Or a rock, in fact. But, I mean, you may... In that situation, you'd always pick queen, wouldn't you? It'd be weird not to pick a queen. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's going In for. fact, I think someone beat the world chess champion once in, like, 1988 or something because they didn't choose a queen when they promoted a pawn and it just threw off the no, champion because he couldn't get his head around why you wouldn't. See, the problem with chess is that I've not been interested in it. <laughs> if it had been crisp-based, I'd know all this already. You see, this is the problem with it. It's not accessible for a mainstream crisp-loving audience. No, it's not. Is it? It's not It's not particularly ITV1, is it? Whereas if no. you introduce crisps to the equation, <laughs> then you're really exactly. laughing, I think. <laughs> anyway, we've been going on about crisps for a while now. I think it's time we moved on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got... It's a new series... New beginning. Mm-hmm. I've got three aims for the new series, and I want to discuss them with you, George, just so they're on the same page. Oh, okay. Aim one. Yeah. Uh, do less prep. Do less prep. Less prep. I think okay. part of the problem of this series is it's taken up a lot of time sort of trying to plan it. I mean, mm-hmm. we, it's not that much time, to be honest, listeners. I mean, you've listened, you've heard, hopefully you've heard the last stuff. But, I mean, <laughs> we didn't do much then. But I want to do even <laughs> less. I want to do even less. Yeah. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. Number two, mm-hmm. continue to alienate any potential listeners with obscure references and insults. I, I think so. I think so. The idea of being famous or a well-known <laughs> podcast, a well-loved podcast, is absolutely sickening to me. Well, I mean, you should... Have you ever looked at the stats no. for Crass? No. no. Have a look at those and you'll find your nausea is uh, not warranted. Good, good. Because nobody's listening, what? baby. <laughs> Quite rightly. Can you imagine if some like fan sent us some some art or something like they'd drawn us and they'd sent it to us? Imagine that. Or if, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it'd be weird. Did it, it on Twitter or something, and then we've got a like reply saying, "Oh, good job." When actually we. Well, just be honest. I think, and and now this is like a little warning to anyone who is thinking of sending us drawings or paintings or anything. We don't want them, so please don't no, send them to us. Don't. Um, and if you do, we will be honest. And if they're rubbish. Which they will be. Paul will say so on Twitter. I will say so on Twitter. Yeah, you well, not I'm not get... on Twitter. Twitter's for oh, wimps. He's passing the buck, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Paul, you, you. Anyway, I'm not going to. I'm not going to have a go. Number three. Mm-hmm. More material based on TV chefs. Yes, I agree. We do need more <laughs> TV chef based material. All the TV chef based stuff we've done so far has been my favourite material we've done on the podcast. Yeah. And I think if we could just incorporate more of that, I think it'll be a far more successful podcast. Mm. So I mean, we... not only deal in the land of the televisual and the obscure, but inter- narrow it further to just chefs. Just chefs. <laughs> Okey doke. I mean, yeah. There's loads of. I mean, think of all the things we haven't we haven't touched on Gary Rhodes at all. No, that's true. And he, yeah, don't get me started on Gary Bloody Rhodes. We've merely touched upon Ready Steady Cook. We mentioned Warrell Thompson briefly, didn't we? But I think we could do a whole, yeah, special on him. I think you know, definitely Keith Floyd. Oh, now I on. love Keith Floyd. I think possibilities are endless. We don't have to make fun of him or anything. No. We can just talk very positively about him. No, no, and we don't need to, you know, ridicule a dead alcoholic because we're going to do that <laughs> later on the show with. Uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. Yes. So those are the aims for the series. 
I love it when I can end segments with yes. <laughs> it's always always a sign of good material. Yeah, I agree. Great. <laughs> so it's been a while uh, since we uh, last did a podcast. I think Christmas was yeah, the last God. time, and in that time, we've actually accumulated a handful of emails. Yeah, pathetic, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite. It's not nowhere near enough. No. But then again, for a podcast that doesn't want anyone to listen to it, it's quite interesting <laughs> that uh, we've got anything at all. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it'd be time to resurrect uh, Crass Correspondence. Brilliant. Have we got a jingle? No, we didn't have no. a. We haven't got a jingle. I'll tell you what. I've thought of a little fun introduction that I could do for Crass Correspondence. Yeah. I'll do that now. Okie doke. Stop the presses! It's Crass Correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, we just could go from there. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, you, okay, so we haven't had many emails, but it's true what they say. Mm. Quanti. No, hang on. Quality. <laughs> quality over quantity. Yes. So, hopefully, these are going to be some pretty good emails. Well, I mean, hopefully, yeah, but I don't have high hopes, to be honest with you, mate. We're talking as if we haven't read them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're not good. They're not good. They're really bad. Yeah. Do you want to start with this? Or? Um, well, I've got one here, yeah. I've got one from um, Tubsy Malone. Uh, Dear Crass Boys, <laughs> are you ever likely to have guests on the podcast? If you are, consider my great uncle Ron. He's the oldest man in the world called Ron. <laughs> so... So, <laughs> is that it? This is an interesting question. Um, do you think we'd ever have guests on the podcast? I mean, it's hard enough getting us two to do it that is true, at the same actually, time. Yeah. But they're introducing a guest to the situation. Yeah. And they're not going to be funny. No. They're not going to say anything interesting. They're just going to sit there and go, oh, oh I, I've thought of something funny. And then they'll disrupt the flow and... I, I don't. We don't need that. We we can do without. I think. I think it's a flat no for me. It's a. It's pretty much a flat yeah. no, except for these three guests. Three guests. I will. I'm happy to let appear on Crass. Okay. Number one. Okay. Telly Savalas. Yeah, obviously. Not likely to happen. He's dead. No, he's <laughs> but, been dead for 25 years or something. But, but yeah. you never know. If for some reason he happened to be in the area and alive, he'd be welcome any time he wanted to be welcome. <laughs> Number two, Christina Hendricks. I wonder why that is. It's a pretty sexy environment, recording a podcast. <laughs> well, I'm laughing, listeners, because it really isn't. <laughs> I think I think maybe a podcast recording is the least sexy place you can be. And number three, yeah. an obvious one, this. Jimmy Carr, because he's funny, isn't he, George? I have a... St- have I told you my Jimmy Carr anecdote? You've not told it on air. No. that You may have told me, but I, tell it again. I went to Wimbledon a couple of years ago, and I was on the tube uh, on the... You know, after, the, after being at Wimbledon, I got the tube back into central London, and sitting opposite me was uh, Jimmy Carr. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, yeah. um, you know, I'm not... I don't find him that funny to be honest i don't i don't hate him but i'm I, you know not a fan you're indifferent um, to car i am indifferent to car yes jimmy car not alan car no of course. Of are they related yeah. 
No, I wouldn't have thought so. Maybe, maybe both, I don't know. Do they have, both have glasses? Jimmy, does Jimmy Carr have glasses? Fucking hell, I can't even remember. No, he doesn't, no. no. But anyway, I was, so I was sitting opposite him on the tube. Yeah. And someone came to a stop and someone got on the tube and went, oh, God, it's Jimmy Carr. And went up to him and asked for an autograph. <laughs> I like the idea they go on and go, oh, God, it's Jimmy Carr! <laughs> Well, they went up and asked for a, 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 an autograph yeah, or a picture or something, and, and Jimmy Carr said, yeah, let's do a picture. And he stood up and took a picture, and by standing up, obviously moved some, somewhat closer towards me. The car crotch in your face. They, they take the picture, and the guy says, oh, thanks, yeah. and walks off. And then just before he sits down, Jimmy Carr looks at me and says, do you want one <laughs> whilst I'm here? Now, I didn't have the heart to say no. So there's a picture of of a sort of slightly sunburned, sweaty, disoriented me <laughs> with Jimmy Carr. Yeah. That I I didn't no. want taken, quite frankly. I, I I'm not a fan. But but that's absolutely true. The other thing that happened Yeah. Uh, later on in the tube journey, um someone else was getting off the tube and came over to the doors near where we were both yeah. sitting and um turned to Jimmy Carr and said, oh, all those jokes you do about puffs, I fucking love them. Oh, and then got off the tube, and Jimmy Carr was with his wife, presumably, and after they were just having a bit of a chat about <laughs> how people don't get <laughs> the irony of his crestfallen. I love all them jokes about puffs you do. He and did, He just yeah. hangs his head in shame. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Oh, dear. So that's my Jimmy Carr story. Brilliant, I love it. I think he went home and then didn't do his taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Still, he is funny, though, on that 8 out of 10 cats does countdown. <laughs> oh, that, that thing he does where he laughs. Yeah, and all them jokes he does about puffs. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a side note as well, this who was the email Tubsy from? Malone. It was from Tubby Funst- Tubsy Malone, right. He had an uncle, yeah. Ron. He's the oldest man in the world called Ron. That just reminds me. I went to see um, uh, Peter Lou oh. the other day, the uh, Mike Lee film, and I was delighted to see an appearance from Ron off Bread. <laughs> Good old... Was he in, the f- yeah. in Peter Lou? He was in Peter Lou, yeah. He was a... well, just in the screen and he didn't just show up <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to see the film. No, he is. He's in the film. He's sort of the villainous sort of spy for the... Um, magistrates wow and uh, he's not doing his run off bread voice presumably um he doesn't have many lines to be honest with you paul what what i mean when i say he's not doing his run off bread voice is he's not doing his voice from goodnight sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit weird that it's, it's weird that they chose to name that character run off bread isn't it weird. <laughs> just a bit yeah um it does beg a question this is a more of a breaking the fourth wall sort of question, but do you actually know what his real name is? No. <laughs> no, I don't. I genuinely don't. Okay, I mean, I do, but no. I'm not... I'm, not, I'm happy for you I'm to I'm happy not to know. live with his I name think... being run off bread forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was that email. <laughs> Forgot we were doing crass correspondence. I know, yeah. Time flies. So here's another email from um, Big Chris. Uh, crass Lads... I've had an idea for one of your Crass Channel ferries. This is good. This is what I want from our listeners. This is the only email we've had 
that has actually kind of been a bit creative and like said, oh, here's, you do this thing where you're creative. I'll do one where I'm creative. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done. Well done, Big Chris. Um, specifically, mm. he continues, specifically the one where you had to think of an idea involving Declan Donnelly of text Santa fame. <laughs> here's mine. An anthology drama, ten separate stories set in the same Polish housing block, each loosely based on one of the Ten Commandments. (laughs) (laughs) Deck is the only actor to appear in every episode. It would be called Sinners and Winners. Cheers, (laughs) Kate. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea, it's great. Big Chris. It's fantastic. Uh, thanks for that. I mean, it'd be great if someone could uh, could do that. This is the sort of email that I'd like to kind of get. Something that's more creative. Something that's taking part in the kind of what we're doing. Um, trying to add a bit to the show, you know. Yeah. You know, instead of the usual shit that we get, which is just, oh, I'm just going to have a go. Like <laughs> this one, George. Do you want to read it out? Uh, yes, yeah, so OJ. Uh, she sent us quite a few emails, but uh, the one that stands out is why does Paul Austin look like James Fucking Corden? Unbelievable. I don't look like James Corden. She did follow this up a few days later with Are You James Corden's Long Lost yeah, Brother? Twice, too. I don't. Do I look like James Corden? George? Do you think? N- n- no. No, I don't Cheers, think mate. so. You look um, quite like. I tell you who you look like. You look like the, the kid out of Stranger Things, the one with no teeth. Right. Gatton Maserato or whatever his name is. You look a bit is. like him. I, I don't know. I've never seen it. So, oh, it's all late, no. isn't it? I mean, it? to be fair, that no, is better than Corden. I mean, he is a kid. It is, it's the Goonies for the Twitter generation. I'm not interested. He is a child. Oh, speaking of children, you look like. You look like um, yeah. the one out of Outnumbered. The, the, the little shit with the curly hair in Outnumbered. You look a bit like him. Cheers, mate. Ben, is it? Ben yes, from Ben from Outnumbered. Yeah. Have you heard that before? Yes, so, I have actually. You know. Yeah, and actually, I was just thinking if you if you sort of did your hair up, yeah. look a bit like Jack Nance. <laughs> I well, I can I take that as a compliment. Actually, that one's pretty good. All right, well, no, you look more like the Thanks. kid out of Outnumbered. Do you know who else I've been told I look like? Now this is really bad. This is worse than any of these. <laughs> is that I've been told before several times that I look like Craig at a Corrie. <laughs> He's the big lad. He's like he's like Chesney for the twenty tens. He's terrible. He is. He is Chesney for the Temple Run generation. <laughs> he's not as good as Chesney though. He's terrible. No, he's, a... no, he's useless, anyway. isn't he? Yeah, Craig. He is. Yeah, he's terrible. I'm not going on about that. Don't be hurt because I've had emails from OJ here as well criticizing my pronunciation oh, of certain words. Right. There's one that says I look like Alan Turing, which oh, or isn't how true. awful. How awful you look like Alan. Ch- you, oh, do you know what, George? You look like the guy who um, is kind of a bit of a hero, you know, pioneered a lot of interesting research. Oh, Paul, you look like a talentless cunt. A fat, <laughs> talentless cunt. That's who you look like. Um, with a crush on Florence Pugh as well. Yes. Obviously. But, I mean, I look. Who, who do you think I look like then? We've been. I've had a go at you a little bit by just telling you the truth. But who who do you think I look like? Because I think I look like Sue Perkins if I wear my glasses, yeah. but that's about it. I would go with Sue. Sort of a bit of Is a chunkier it? Sue Perkins, maybe. Uh, yeah, but I'm not James Corden, am I? So. All right, okay. You know. Fucking hell, Jesus. 
Can you send us some nicer emails, everyone? Because this is what happens. Me and George end up having a having a go at each other, and we end up falling out. And you don't get a podcast for a year. That's what happens. <laughs> That's it. That's cross. Uh... Start the presses again. Cross correspondence is over. <laughs> is that the outro? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I haven't got, not so not <laughs> not so confident about that one, but we'll give that a go. No. That's fair enough. <laughs> Right, George, it's time for you to tell me what you've been watching this week. Tell me what you've been watching this week. You tell them you saw it on the, um, the telly. Not, not really watched oh. much. No. Telling me what you've been watching this week. You tell him you saw it on the um the telly. Well, Paul, why don't you tell me what you've been watching this week? Telling me what you've been watching this week. You tell him you saw it on the um the telly. Of, did you watch the Jade Goody Doc? No. No, I didn't either. Telling me what you've been watching this week. You tell him you saw it on the, um, the telly. Some wise men once said, pot the reds, then screw back for the yellow, green, brown, blue, pink, and black. Sorry, that's for something else. <laughs> oh. Uh, now it's time for a new feature, <laughs> Tube Tales. Mind the gap. So Tube Tales is basically stuff that's happened to me on the London Underground. Um, I've kind of already, already done that. We've already had one of those, yeah, haven't we, today? Yeah, all right, yeah. That was a sort of... <laughs> prototype tube tales to try and yeah you know test the waters you seem to like it let's have it uh did, for yeah. real so this is a few this is going back a few months but i was in london and uh, obviously uh <laughs> tube tales yeah it? yeah but i um yeah so the train are you gonna hang on give me a sec hold on a sec are you gonna start every single tube tales with i was in london <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fine carry on so i was i was in london and um, There's the catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> They'll have that on t-shirts. I was in so London. I was in on London. The front. Tube tails on the yeah. back. Fourteen ninety nine. Get them on. Brilliant. What are those websites that people have for merchandise? I don't know. Um, whatever. We'll sort it. I don't know. Have they got a name? No, don't think so. Well, probably. I don't know. Who's gonna buy? No one's gonna buy anything. It's fine. So, uh, yeah, I was in London. Um, I, just, I can't get past. I was in London now. Uh, <laughs> the train arrived. Just... I'll, I'll try a different yep. tack. The train arrived okay. at Euston Station. And uh, have you ever been to Euston Station, Paul? I have, yeah. It's, it's a hellhole, isn't it? It's awful. It's Absolute shit full on. of tourists and yep. impatient commuters. And it's awful, awful I've got place. a picture of but it thought... in my head as being like the smallest place in the world. 
Like it's almost like yeah. a little bit of little tiny box that loads of people have. You know, like how the TARDIS <laughs> is big on the inside. It's almost yeah. like the opposite of that. It's like a real big building with like a tiny little, tiny little bit, tiny yeah. little thing inside with all people standing there. Maybe just because it's always Cause... crammed with people. There's no yeah, room. Yeah, because that's the thing is it is massive. Yeah. But it, it just doesn't nope. feel like there's any space. And it's it's almost like it actively shrinks whilst you're there. It feels like it. Um, but I thought to escape this urban nightmare, I'll head down the escalators uh, into the London Underground, which I think was obviously, you'll agree, a smart Absolute, move. Absolutely, yeah. Now, I've got a visitor's Oyster card. Mm. So that's basically... It's, it's brightly coloured so that angry Londoners can <laughs> spot yeah. you in a crowd, I think, is the thing, and lynch you. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh, oh, he's probably from up north, <laughs> like that. And then they can, like, yeah. set their dogs on me or whatever. Like Bob Hoskins from The Long Good Friday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like Bob Hoskins in The Long Good Friday. Um, but I, nevertheless, I thought I can't escape the fact that I've got this yeah. shining beacon of my touristiness and so i queued up at the bank of ticket machines to top up the car to put hang some on credit i'm a on bit it. confused about um, this story yeah. did you are you going somewhere or did you genuinely go into the london underground just to escape the torment of euston i was going somewhere but i was trying to make a joke out of it oh okay because I, I obviously the london underground is just as yeah, yeah. Awful. i knew it was a joke i knew it was a joke but i thought like did he really do that did he really... <laughs> where were you going uh, to, probably just to the hotel or, or actually, no, I think I was going to the National Theatre to pick up some tickets oh, from the box office. Oh, then. What? Obsessed. You are? What's wrong listeners. with... He's obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on with oh, your story. Oh, I'm Paul Austin and I, and, I, and I live in the arse end of nowhere and the only theatre right. we've got does racist productions of Hairspray. It does do racist productions of Hairspray. So I, I was... You know, I was in the queue at the bank of ticket machines and, yep. you know, I'm there for a while before I reach the front of the queue. But um, the only... One machine becomes vacant, but it's card only and I've mm. got cash. Yeah. So so I just turned to the person behind me and I just say, do you want to go ahead of me? Because that one's... I, he turns and says, there's one there, you know. There's a machine <laughs> there. I was like, I know, but it's card only. Do you want to use Dickhead. it? And yeah. he just sort of goes... <laughs> Like that, and just goes ahead of me, and he makes some guttural noise, and then walks around okay. the machine. And I'm thinking he looks really, really familiar, <laughs> but yeah. I'm not sure quite who it is. And then it hits me that it's it's Keith Allen, everyone's favourite um, Keith Allen. <laughs> I was going to try and describe him, but I don't know what he did. No. So, um, so I realise it's Keith Allen. But then the machine, another machine, opens up that is cash that takes cash. So result, I I walk out, but Keith Allen keeps walking past the oh. card only machine to the one that takes cash. And I said, and I, so then I was like, well, what, I... what, what, what? hide? Well, I was halfway out the queue, yeah, so okay. I was like, I have to try and. It's almost like I have to try and race Keith Allen to this machine. <laughs> right, but, yeah. You know, he's, Never a situation he's... you want to be in. No, definitely not. And then I thought I can't go back and rejoin the queue because that's going to cause problems mm. so i just i just tell him i said i just say excuse me and he goes yeah what i go uh could you please use this machine because that one uh does doesn't take cash and i need that one that does take cash and he said do you work for tfl 
I was like, no, I was just in the queue. And I said, you said I can go ahead. You said, yeah, but to use that one, not to. Yeah. And how then much... another one opens up, thankfully, so I can just walk away and get yeah. to that. Can I ask but, um, how on, much? Sorry. What's the height difference between you and Keith Allen? Uh, at least three foot. <laughs> he's he's tiny. He's you tiny can put him in your pocket, man. Tiny yeah. little hobgoblin. Tiny little Keith Allen. Warwick Davis. Tiny little. <laughs> sorry, Warwick Davis. Sorry, I'm only joking. But yeah, so another one that takes cash opens up, so I just go straight to that and leave him mid. Yeah. Um, but as I was using it, he was still talk. I realised he was still trying to talk to me. <laughs> I was quite far away from him, but he was just sort of going. Yeah. And do- he was dawdling as well. I don't think he was actually topping up at his his car. No, I'll tell you what he was though. Right. But uh, yeah, so I you know I I sort my ticket out and everything, and then uh, Oyster card, and I go down the stairs. <laughs> swipe through all the rest of it but i turn around and see that he's just looking round for me keith allen sort of keeps looking round going like that and i just think if he hadn't destroyed his brain on coke in the 90s maybe he'd know what he was doing but he, it was like his minder had lost him and he was just wandering around <laughs> little cheeky feral keith allen yeah <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember um, the BBC Robin Hood show? No, <laughs> he was in that. He I was in no that. And he played uh, the sheriff of Nottingham, I think. Yeah. But the thing I was going to say about the Robin Hood, the BBC Robin Hood show, it's not related to Keith Allen at all, apart from the fact that he appears in it. But um, every single transition in that show was accompanied by a CGI arrow, yeah. hitting the screen in some way or flying past the screen. And then, like, a little subtitle to say where you were. <laughs> Nottingham, I'm guessing. Awful show. Awful, <laughs> terrible show. Yeah, it was usually, ju- yeah, it was usually just places that we, we yeah. knew. Anyway, carry on with your story. That's it. That's the tube tale, really. Um, Keith Allen looking around confused. Is that it? Yeah. You didn't even make it onto the tube. Well, I did. He didn't. I went down and got on the tube, but... What happened to Keith Allen? He was just confused. He was just... What did happen after that? I've not seen him, like, in ages. Are we going to have one of those every week? I haven't been to London that much recently, so no. But there'll be, there'll be a few more, okay, I'm it, sure. If you, had, if you had to guess, how many more tube tails do you think you've got in your locker? <laughs> Two or three. And would you say that the one you told today was the best one? <laughs> we won't do it again, then. We won't do it again if you No, don't... no, I don't want to be down on the feature. We did. It's a great feature, Tube Tales. Um, we did Paul's Lonely Hearts Club. I mean, you Lonely told Heart two today Club. already. We did Paul's Lonely Hearts Club every week. All right. And then we tried to revive it about three or four times. I do Tube Tales once. Yeah, don't worry, never again. And what happens? <laughs> stick. Just wall-to-wall stick from you. No, I'm just. Oh, I don't. That, no, I really oh, like it. I just oh, want to make was sure. That it? It, was it like that? I just want to make sure it's the best it can be, George. I don't know. <laughs> well, ne- well, next bit. <laughs> right, George. Um, we've both kind of come a long way, I think, since um, Christmas, the last yeah. um, episode of the podcast. We're both mm-hmm. kind of in the world of work now. You know, I'm working at a a popular high street record chain. But it's, that shall be unnamed. if it's the one you're thinking of, and you're, it's that one. 
Oh yeah, it is. Uh, and George, you're working at the National <laughs> Royal Exchange. <laughs> the Royal Exchange there. I forgot what it was called for a second. The you're working at the Royal Exchange. Not being paid, but you know, still working it. Yeah, still graft. Yeah, right. It's also just come to a, a shuddering halt as well now. Oh, so you're working on your own personal things, though, aren't you? You're working on your own personal yeah. projects. Crass. Yeah. I'm sure there's some... <laughs> this is it. <laughs> I'm sure there's some others. You don't have to talk about them. Um, and I thought I would read you a chapter from my autobiography concerning the world of work. So here it is. Just going to have a drink first. <laughs> Paul Austin, Life Lessons from an Expert Chapter 1064, This Fella's Work (laughs) I should be crying, but I just can't let it show I should be hoping, but I can't stop thinking These words, as performed by Kate Bush in the song from the Extras Christmas special Pretty much sum up my experiences in the world of work It's an absolute bastard that we have to spend more than half of our lives doing a load of shit we don't want to do, aren't qualified to do, and aren't necessarily paid to do, just so we can stay alive. I mean, come on. What a ridiculous system. Who invented that? There's probably a word for it, but I can't be bothered to look it up. Over the 25 years I've been knocking about, I've held a wide range of jobs. Well, held is probably the wrong word. Through no fault of my own, setting aside the times where it absolutely was my fault... I haven't lasted longer than three months in a single job. These jobs, in the order I'd done them, are as follows. Job 1. Paperboy for the Echo. When I was 13, my stupid dad forced me to get a paper route, as he called it, the ancient fuck. This meant that every Friday, some bold guy who smelled like the bottom of a shit bin would drop about 300 papers on my doorstep and I would have to deliver them. Whatever the weather, rain or shine, although if it was raining I didn't bother and threw the papers into a bush that was literally always on fire, I would have to walk from one end of my street to the next delivering papers. This was a right ball ache, because most houses on my street had boarded up their letterboxes, a clever tactic to reduce the amount of bills they received. The paper itself was a load of shit and almost entirely consisted of articles bemoaning the amount of Polish supermarkets on the high street. I jacked the route in quick smart after I was threatened and held at knife point by a 68-year-old squaddy whose bike I had nicked. (laughs) Job two. Cleaner at Edward Elgar Secondary School, specialising in food technology. (laughs) For three weeks in 2013, I volunteered at my old high school and they put me straight to work as a cleaner. This was absolutely not what I had in mind. Sure, I didn't think they'd make me deputy head or anything, but they were missing an English teacher at the time. Come on, I would have been perfect for that. Needless to say, trying to clean an entire high school single-handed was impossible. Honestly, you will not believe the amount of piss you'll find in any average school. Seriously, it's on every surface and every object. You can't avoid it. (laughs) This is why I served with a crack team, consisting of Jerry the Kitchen Man, who specialised in cleaning kitchens, but also did the bogs when he could be bothered, Kaylee, the classroom lass, who is actually a 12-year-old student moonlighting as a cleaner, and Charlie Mingus, who was a jazz musician. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I still look back fondly <laughs> I still look back fondly on the evenings I spent with these crazy characters and I still send the odd Christmas card when I've got the cash. If any of you are reading stroke listening to this, I hope you're doing well. 
Big up the Elgar posse. Job three. Old person handler at the Westbrook Baptist's retirement home. <laughs> After university, I officially signed on as Dole Scum. So I wouldn't have to get a proper job. My benefits officer suggested that I volunteer at the local old people's home. My benefits officer's name was Gary Sparrow. And like his sitcom namesake, he was an absolute pillock. They say you should respect your elders. I can only assume the people who say this have never met anybody over 35. One minute they're going on about how thick young people are, the next they're trying to eat gravy with a comb. Useless, Brexit voting, resource wasting, entitled dickheads, the lot of them. Logan's run at it fucking right, that's what I say. If all of that hasn't put you off working with old people, then give Ricky Gervais's sitcom, sorry, shitcom, Derek a watch. It's like that, but even worse. Fucking imagine that. Job four, wedding photographer at Denzel Coates' wedding. When my childhood best friend, Denzel Coates, asked me to photograph his wedding, I said yes, on one condition. (laughs) Under no circumstances should Tiger Feet by Mud be played during the dancing portion of the event. (laughs) He reluctantly agreed, all was well. Not blowing my own arse trumpet here, but I was an absolutely brilliant wedding photographer, putting aside the fact that I left the lens cap on during most, to be honest, all of the ceremony. (laughs) It was a classic Midlands wedding, and I caught all of the important moments. The tossing of the bucket, one of the bridesmaids vomiting into another bridesmaid's hair, the father of the groom having a good old lech at the bride's ridiculous tits, and the cutting of the partridge. Then, disco disaster. The DJ a guy with a shit ponytail who called himself DJ Dalek, announces the first dance. The bride and the groom nervously make their way over to the middle of the floor. The guests gather round, clapping and chanting, Dance! 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 The music rises. Fuck me. It's only bloody tiger feet. I throw the camera to the floor and scream at the top of my voice, You promised, Denzel, you fucking liar! You promised! As an act of rage-fueled revenge, I kicked one of the page boys in the face and stormed out of the petrol station. I haven't spoken to Denzel since. Job 5. Benefits officer at the benefits office. Working here wasn't that funny, so I've left it out of the book. Job 5. Phone monkey at Ovens for You, a.k.a. Cookers R Us, a.k.a. Ovensandcookers.com, a.k.a. Cookland, plus many more names I can't remember now. My first proper paid job, I never got the 20 quid for Denzel's wedding, the prick, was at a place that repaired ovens. Its slogan, we did start the fire, was meant to be an amusing reference to the Billy Joel song, but was counted as an admission of guilt in three separate court cases. (laughs) To be honest, the place was a bit dodgy. The woman who ran the place used about 16 different names. Sue Parkinson, Ellen in general, Jen Henson, and I'm pretty sure, based on a few things I overheard, that she was the banker from Deal or No Deal. (laughs) The business operated out of a garage on the other side of Birmingham, and it was a right pain getting there. And sometimes, if there were loads of police cars hanging around, they'd tell me to go straight home. Unbelievable. When I was allowed to go in, all I did was answer the phone and spoke to oven mechanics. Occasionally, some slimy-sounding guy would ring, and he'd ask me to say a random amount of money, so I would. This was long after Deal or No Deal had ended. (laughs) Fucking weird. I lost that job because the garage exploded. Bloody typical. Job six, podcaster at Crass PLC. I mean, what can I say? This isn't really a job. I have to pay money to do this. It's more like an obligation at this point. (laughs) Job seven, whatever the fella from High Fidelity did at a popular high street record chain. There is nothing quite like working at a branch of the UK's most popular high street record chain. 
If you like repeatedly being asked for that Queen film and really smelly people, then this is the perfect job for you. I've managed to keep it going for a few months now, and there's no sign of it all going to pot yet. Absolutely nothing. Not at all. It's all going swimmingly. (laughs) So those are all the jobs I've ever done. Shit list, really, isn't it? Who knows what the future holds? Probably some jobs that are even worse. To be continued? Well, we've come to the end of another one, listeners. Um, That's crass for this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. This week. That's crass. Um, (laughs) If you've got anything you want to say to us, then email us. Uh, The address is crasspodcast at gmail.com. Do you want to do the Twitter, George? You can find us on Twitter at The Crass Podcast. I'm also on Twitter at Bumbledoon. That's Bumble, D-O-O-N. I'm not on Twitter because it's for sad bastards. But uh, if you want to follow me or Paul, I know it means a lot to him, then please do so. Yes. The end. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, listeners. Bye. See ya.